Oh, this is nice. I like this. Yeah. This is nice. <laughs> I've never done a podcast like this where I'm just like relaxed. It's always me looking at a camera mm -hmm. and trying to do it like, you know, talking heads. Yeah. But you miss this little, I, I can touch you. It's a little, yeah, it's intimate. It's I love it. <laughs> I love it. What's up, everybody? This is Dustin from Infinite Sided Dice. I'm John John the Wise. We are here at Green Tower Games and we're recording a podcast together. We're recording a podcast. Together. It is exactly what we're doing. And you have a podcast, you have a show. Yeah, uh, some people call that a podcast, I suppose. I think it's like a blanket thing now. Like mm -hmm. you can be, it's like, now it's like embarrassing to say you have a podcast. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone has one. <laughs> yeah. We understand, uh, uh, youngsters, that there was this device called the iPod. Oh. And originally podcasts were audio recordings made specifically for the iPod. Yeah. And that's why it was called a podcast. Yeah. Now it's just that's a so weird. Funny. You have to explain what that is to the newer kids because we're from the late 1900s. Yeah, that, <laughs> Turn of the century. That's a thing, dude. <laughs> we're from the late 1900s. That's nuts, dude. Mm. But yeah, things have changed. Uh, yeah, for sure. But here we are. Yeah, they yeah. got DND stamps now. Did you see the DND stamps? DND stamps. Oh yeah, the post office is doing DND oh, stamps. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, not that anybody even knows what those are anymore. <laughs> I yeah, I imagine Hasbro is trying to get <clears throat> a few pennies on on the dollar for every envelope sent with a DND stamp. I oh, know. And uh, this isn't a news show, but laying off 1,100 <laughs> people, dude. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to talk about. Right um, before Christmas. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if if the Charles Dickens estate wants to uh, file action against Hasbro for infringing on his intellectual property of Ebenezer Scrooge, mm. yeah. That's something they can do. <laughs> Let's put that out there. <laughs> Just floating the idea. Um, yeah. We want DND 6.0, all right? Come on, don't yeah. do this. No, it's one. <laughs> it goes from five to one. Oh, yeah, that's what the new one. Have you seen it? Is, what's the deal with it? Do you I, know? I don't. You I, don't know the scoop? I don't know the scoop. I don't know the scoop either. I saw some things. People were excited about it, but I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah, I think it feels like them trying to uh and i and this isn't i'm not making this up they they have gone on record saying they're trying to monetize the game more and yeah. i'm I not hold that against them like they're a company they need to make money and this was why these games exist yeah uh it, it feels like uh designed specifically to uh to encourage microtransactions beyond now we we realize that with um with role-playing games in general, like it, at the shop here, like it's difficult to um, to monetize. It. The the great thing about RPGs is like why we fell in love with them is that when we were kids, we didn't have I don't know about you, but I didn't have the money to buy no, a lot no, of stuff, no, and you could not. sit down with a pencil and paper and play hours yeah advanced dungeons and dragons or hours or, and hours days and days with little to nothing yeah with the, one set of dice and yeah and a pencil and paper yeah. <coughs> nowadays you don't even need the dice you just have the app everyone has a phone yeah there's true. you could play on that cyberpunk red app just yeah. play cyberpunk right there in yeah. the park yeah yeah on a car trip or yeah. whatever oh yeah on a you car know? trip is good I've always wanted, have you ever done that? Like mm. long car trip, you all play in the car? No, no. When I was on tour, I brought my books um, one time when we were on a bus, but it ended up being just too 
it's just too chaotic yeah. to, to do. Um, oh, sorry. Let me put my thing on. Do not disturb. Yeah, do that. Just in case. All right. Sorry about that. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, uh, car trip. Car D- trips. D&D. Yes. Um, you brought your books on tour. I did, but it was it was too chaotic. Well, first of all, it wasn't like... Um, if you were on a car trip with like a bunch of gamers that knew the game, yeah. but like trying to teach the game while you're in an RV tearing across the U.S. is not yeah. ideal. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I've often fantasized, I know this is weird, but I often fantasize like if I was ever like in prison for like 20 years, let's say, <laughs> I would get, I'll be like, all right, I'm just gaming nonstop. <laughs> like what else is, that's like prime gaming time, dude. You have literally nothing else to do. It's true. I mean, I wonder how much access... Well, this well is, you can't get dice. I know that for sure. I know a yeah. lot about this for someone that has no criminal record. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you can't have dice because it promotes like dice gambling. Yeah, gambling and stuff. So they give you cards. I've never used cards, but I've heard people using playing cards for yeah, stuff. I imagine there there's an easy enough system that you yeah, could use. Yeah, you can come up with something, right? Um, six cards, like a D6. 20 cards, like... And what, how do you do 20? Oh, the different suits. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's 52 cards, so one way yeah. or another you can one figure way or it another. out. Um, yeah. Another interesting idea that I I don't commute, but like if you're one of these people, well, we're, we're in Los Angeles, so it's pretty common for people to drive for 30, 40 minutes, an hour. Just if you're all commuting at the same time, you could all hop on a call and play a game in your car in traffic that's crazy dude <laughs> you could li- you could do that on discord actually i know a guy that is a trucker yeah he's in his truck shout out to uh a trucker gamer on a hsc trucker gamer that's awesome yeah, yeah actually i don't know if that's his name big trucker i know sorry buddy but i, <laughs> I see you you're out there <laughs> yeah, yeah he plays he's like a he does like you know freight Freight trucking right, right. and stuff, Long and stuff. just plays in uh, in his little truck there, dude. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, gaming man. Gaming dude, gotta do it. Gotta, dude. If I don't game in like two weeks, something, I just start getting like agitated. I feel like I haven't like let go. It's all been work and no fun. It gets yeah. me, dude. Yeah, I hear that. It gets it's hard. Um, it's hard to find that find that time. I guess that's what we're talking about. I know, man. Um, so in in all the like it's always a, the technology right uh the, the, this is very cyberpunk but it's like Dude. there's always good and bad right coming along with it yeah um yeah there's uh <clears throat> the whole vtt thing on the last episode i was talking to paris mm-hmm, I, and I he that. just started doing vtt's like full-on because you could do the dynamic lighting mm-hmm. and stuff i've heard of people putting like solo red cups on the battle map uh, James told me this, James Hutt. He puts it all around the battle map, and then as the players go around the battle map, he lifts the solo cup, and there will be, like, a monster or a treasure or nothing. Oh, you know what I mean? okay. So that's the fog of war is the red solo cup. It's cups. just cups. It's just a bunch of cups, you know, or a blanket or something like that. That's cool. Yeah. You do, you do mini gaming more than I do. And yeah. I was kind of, when I saw your set, if you guys check out Infinite Sided Dice, watch Edge of Extinction, there's some really beautifully made terrain from scratch, minis that you printed, mm-hmm. and uh, and it totally encapsulates like what's going on in the in the game. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, um, especially on the front end, right? And and three D printing has been um, is a hobby unto its own. Oh, yeah, dude. And uh, but but 
yeah, we partnered with Saucerman. I know you know those guys. Oh yeah, me too. Um, Love those guys. Australian, right? I think. Yep. Alex, shout out. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, very cool guys, and they sent us a bunch of STLs, and I learned a lot about how to print um, terrain. And <laughs> excuse me, I have the uh, the MSLA, not the the FDM. Whatever, we'll just, we don't want to get in the weeds. You, the resin, you have resin. Yeah, yeah, yeah resin. Yeah. I printing. have FDM, which is uh, the string that comes out. It's yeah. it's the same thing as like glue, right? Yeah, PLA yeah, glue. Yeah. That's what I'm using, and then you're using actual resin, which is way better detail. Yeah, it it does do, do the fine detail better, but as a for terrain, um, if I could yeah. have both machines, I think the, the, the FDM would I would be go with the FDM for terrain. Yep, and then um, what I have for the detailed minis. Yeah, because it would be too expensive with the resin, which I'm sure it, you figured out. Oof, it was yeah. not cheap it was not cheap um yeah we i said it's funny as i started i had my my printer full of this like soraya tech like nice stuff and i printed like two of the buildings and i'm like okay so that was the whole bottle <laughs> um <laughs> so then i found some cheaper options um and and figured out how to like hollow things and do stuff so make it a little it just takes a lot of time and a yeah, lot of effort it does but um but yeah, I just sat, you know, every every night when I was sitting watching my actual plays or whatever, I would be dry brushing buildings. Dude. And and now I have Half a Night City Yeah, built. it's really cool, it, man. it is cool. Um, and what's nice about those is they're all modular. You can kind of put them together different ways. And yeah. I tend to just... Um, uh, I don't do. I've seen people like laying cards and all that over over for fog like of war. yeah for fog of war. Are you kind of just like hey it's there but you don't know what's going on with it anyway yeah. until I tell you? <clears throat> I will just pick up. I don't put down the monsters or or, or bad guys or, or yeah. yep, yep, yep. Um, or if someone pops smoke and then I'll just like pull stuff off and then it'll come out when it comes out. Got it. So it's a little bit theater of the mind, I suppose. Yeah. And and I mean. I guess if I, it's not a dungeon crawl game, no. right? They know that there's an intersection. Like it's not like I need to hide the intersection. And and what I've really been experimenting with is um, th that I feel like it's something. I guess you could do in VTTs, but I'm really interested in the verticality of the fights. You can do it in uh, Foundry VTT. Yeah, it's and, the newer one. It has like multiple floors on battle maps. You can design them and stuff like that. Right, and I I just think that that's going to be harder to the way it is now it's harder to visualize the the actual height of a building and like what it means to stand on the edge of a building versus get back a little bit and be hidden yeah. so you start to really feel what the high ground does and kind of if you're just on a flat map and you're like well this is four levels higher you don't really see the difference between that move, that little yeah, one inch move. I totally get what you're saying. And like, um, you're on the ground level. Everything seems like it's on the ground level, so it's hard to like, oh, remember, oh, I'm on the roof, and yeah. maybe they can't see me. Maybe they can, you know. And and gives that sniper rifle more utility, or oh, yeah. uh, or whatever it is, um, in the system you're using, because I feel like assault rifle starts to feel like the the multi tool that just does yeah. everything. Yeah. If we're talking specifically about cyberpunk right oh, now. Oh yeah. Um, but if you start to really play with levels and distances start to really change too um and yeah and we play on a pretty big board yeah so uh 
ranges matter and grenade launchers matter and smoke really changes smoke, the yeah. whole fight yeah um and there's and, no interpretation of cover it's like i can't see it so it's in, it's in cover you know that kind of thing yeah and, and anias uh playing poltergeist was excited about having a grapple gun or it was part yeah. of i looked through this is one of the things i do as a gm i like to look through everyone's equipment and when i see that i'm like well what what's going to make this fun to use and if you have a big tall building like that's fun to use oh yeah um so we had a fight where it literally played on four different levels like so just cool. popping up I, i'm like okay i'm giving this bad guy uh um a boosted jump like whatever i homebrewed some boosted yeah. jump so he could do his thing and then so she's grappling all around trying to catch up with him and that stuff it's kind of fun um what i'm 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 kind of like delving into that world right now because i'm working on a one shot a trauma team one shot and bef when i want to run it i want to have my own terrain made yeah for it and i'm trying to figure out how i can get from concept to the actual thing like what do i want to build am i just putting a bunch of rectangle buildings and some scatter and then calling that the terrain mm -hmm. and or am i do i start with a concept and then build the terrain around the concept you know like they're at a noodle shop so okay i have a noodle shop what's going to be around the noodle shop that's what i should be thinking about you know stuff like that yeah i i find that it can work both ways right like you're you get an idea for what you want to see and then you start going through your stuff and building it out and then you know maybe uh uh i do i think we probably both have the same cool noodle shop from awesome yeah. yes awesome and um <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this here. I didn't think there would be a noodle shop on the corner, but like, why wouldn't there be as I'm building it? I set it there. And then it became a point where like, oh, you, there's, uh, is there trash cans behind this thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can jump up on those and get on the roof, you, you know, and it, oh, and, and then uh, now I'm describing the smell of the kibble noodle, <laughs> whatever yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cooking as they're like hiding on the roof. And then like, you know, it gets hit with a grenade or whatever and the, sh the tiles shatter. So like the, it can kind of inspire, uh, the piece that you have can inspire the, the set or it can go the other way like Got so it. It, i think it's kind of it's recursive right yeah and what i'm trying to also tackle with is that same noodle shop looks great on the ins outside but inside it's kind of cramped for mm -hmm. minis you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's not as but you don't want it to be this big giant building either you know what i mean it's yeah. it's hard to lug it around it takes up the entire space so i'm thinking what's like the happy middle ground do i build like one big building with cubicle style walls that my players can go through and discover and then have like little set pieces like the noodle shop and stuff just outside and yeah. i just don't know exactly what to do with that uh we tend to pop into theater of the mind for interiors that's what a I was little bit too yeah because a room is a room and you can describe it really well and it's <coughs> you'll make yourself nuts trying to like fill in in season one and a little bit uh, in this season we it centered a lot around um dreamland was ajax's yeah. club right yeah so what garrett built was a to scale it was the entire board was the club yeah so i kind of i like that idea too yeah which is super fun really but, cool but you had to have a lot of stuff happen in that club yeah, to true. make get the value out of the piece which was fine because that was the campaign yeah right yeah, it was yeah. Like, but if it's just like a one session thing it would right. be a lot of work just for one session it yeah. would be a lot of work for one session and yeah. and then your exteriors can be a little more abstract because you're right like it's 
it's not hyper realistic to have a a building that's whatever. You could put like six like, models in there, yeah, and then like they're like butt to butt in yeah. the whole thing. You know what I mean? But I guess it's not like well, noodle shops are not big. No, you true. Know? Um, but but a skyscraper that's only. Yeah. Uh, whatever, four inches deep, so it is like eight yards, you know, um, uh, 24, 20 feet. Yeah. But I guess if you think about the scale, it's not really like that unrealistic, I suppose. But the way the game plays is you need a one by one inch square to stand in. Yeah. Like you and I, we couldn't be this close in the no, game. No, no. We have in, to be. <laughs> we're in, what is it, five feet? Five yeah, by five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're in each other's square. Yeah. Like this. Right, yeah. right. Which is not how the game plays. Exactly. Right. So uh, I think it's okay to be a little abstract right? when okay. it comes to terrain and minis. Yeah. Um, I don't have to feel bad if there's no counter with a cash register on it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It looks great on camera. Yeah, true. Uh, when I play, uh, you know, when I just play with friends, I've, I've just got the map with the dry erase marker yeah. and I'll draw a little X <laughs> where the, yeah, yeah. the thing is. Um, yeah. You know, because yeah. I don't, I don't want to be limited by what I have on hand. And you'll kill yourself if you try to. Uh, it's one thing if you're making a show and you're like, or like you're doing your trauma team thing and you really want to. And I'd be happy to help you with this too, by the oh, way. Yeah. Um, you really want to showcase that particular mission or job or gig, whatever. Yeah. Um, then let's do it. Let's print a bunch of stuff and build a beautiful set. I would be down. And and we can shoot inserts and like what we do, like uh, not to part the curtain a little bit and see behind the scenes, but we don't film all of it at once. We do the game and then because it would be obnoxious every time someone made a move to bring to be the like, camera guy hey fly <laughs> pause, in. pause yeah i yeah. know that like uh like mini wargaming i don't know if you know that channel yeah but, of course um they do a lot of like handheld while they're playing 40k and that's yep. cool but i don't when you're inhabiting a character it's too weird to be like let me grab my phone yeah I guess we could have a media with a camera. You could. <laughs> always could filming totally, everything. Yeah, like in-game in media is filming everything. <laughs> it's very meta. You just have that big box. Yeah, the big, big box uh, camcorder, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, but I mean, yeah, yeah, there's the entertainment value, too. Because what you're doing is not what a lot of people... I've never seen anybody using minis in, like, you know... Role, uh, actual play setting. Sure. You know? I mean, like like Dimension 20 does it, but they have a big staff of people. I know some of the people that worked on their miniatures and um, incredible. Wow. Uh, if you haven't There's watched... a bunch of people working there. Um, the latest one they had out, uh, since we're just talking like friends yeah, here. We're chatting, dude. Uh, Burroughs End is crazy man is it they, a new dnd thing yeah it's dnd but it's uh abria run abria iyengar runs the game and they the concept is they're all uh, it's like watership down they're all stoats though oh, okay like, like the animals and one of the set pieces is this bear that's been shot right oh wow so it's, it's the whole thing comes out it's like a big giant to scale is a bear no way dude. and uh <laughs> and then they're like well i whatever run through the bullet hole or whatever, there's the undead chipmunks, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. It's fancy undead shit. Undead chipmunks. It's, it's, it's <laughs> What's wild. What's going on, dude? But the point is, they open the bear up, and there's a rib cage, and the heart is beating, and I'm like, oh my god, this is... Oh, they have like an actual yeah heart. I thought it was cool if I did some lighting effects. I know, that's insane, I know. Dude. <laughs> and like, that's my problem, is that I'm, I want to do everything... I want to do everything. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's fun, dude. Right. It's fun to do that. That's why, you know, I 
I try different things and like this is something I've never done before, you know, yeah. using actual minis and I have like 120 now with yeah. that <laughs> combat zone game. So yeah. I'm like, I got to get into that. Yeah, it's, we're, it's cool that we're living in the era now of of the Monster Fight Club minis. They're so, uh, it's easy to get now. Dude, they went crazy. They made every, and they're still making new minis. Because sci-fi minis, like if you're not buying, you know, uh, Space Marines or whatever, there really wasn't a good place to get like cyberpunk no, I mean, that, really. that's why we went to the 3d printing mm -hmm. so quickly yeah there's um, some really good patreon designers yeah. out there popsicles one of them yeah yeah popsicle and uh and unit nine both unit nine, i, I both love their really stuff good. um i don't know them personally me but neither. i would Never love to, to shake their hand <laughs> um hit me up yeah hit me up, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> i would love to get uh i mean that's kind of the next frontier is um uh, like custom minis yeah. for for the player for the characters. characters. Yeah, uh, Hero Forge is cool, but it's like the same cartoony kind of yeah. look. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like. It feels like pieces stuck onto stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and no, no shade or whatever. Not at all, because there's no one like them out there anyway. You know, right? They're, they're innovating, doing what they're doing. So, but yeah, yeah but. It's like, if you don't want that style, that's the only style you're gonna get, whether you're playing Warhammer, D&D, or Cyberpunk, all the characters look the same. Yeah, and and really, like, I like to see an artist's hand in the sculpt and the pose and oh, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I'm a big painter, obviously. Yeah, I made dude. a ton of minis. Beautiful and, AOS minis. <laughs> yeah, a big fan of that. You decided to paint a white army, huh? How's oh, yeah, that going yeah. for you? Oh, I, those, are, those are done. That's last year, man. Dude, um, it's good to look back on now. They all it look, is nice. So the, beautiful. The, 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 the display case looks great. Yeah. Um, for the most part, that keeps the dust off them. But I've been I've kept them in the cabinet all year because I just, uh, after at some point, I didn't want to look at them anymore. Yeah, dude, trust me. I'm <laughs> the same with my Thousand Sons. I painted enough Rubric Marines. I'm like, I'll never touch another one. <laughs> yeah, I might get them out again. I, I yeah. love my trolls right now. They've been, it's such a polar opposite. Um, just love painting. It's, it's nice because, so for the channel, I'm constantly painting uh, you know, metal sci-fi stuff, yep. and um, the trolls are my way to. It's like I don't paint something organic and just yeah. fleshy and stupid and goofy and yeah. holding big hammers or whatever. Yeah, you got to have variety, man. Yeah, and that you definitely have to have variety. I would say that's one way to avoid your hobby burnout yeah. is try to yeah find find variety in what you're doing yeah the batch painting thing like you might get a lot done but by the time you finish that project of 50 of the same guys it's going to be hard to paint the 51st model you know, yeah. of whatever else you're going to do you know what i mean yeah i definitely like the um painting one model at a time yeah, it was like yeah. really how i i like I, to approach I, it but. i do like the happy medium i do like i batch paint 20 to like you know a certain standard where mm. now they're ready for like detail and highlighting and stuff like that yeah. and then i do each one one by one yeah like that yeah it's fun that's a, that's a different it's a whole different animal yeah um, but it's fun you know that's the it's part of the hobby it's part of this hobby that we're in mm -hmm. it's the the idea that it has so many facets it's reading it's writing it's painting building you know yeah there's a, there's something that you can find um for everyone really you just like 
keep yourself interested. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, and I said that um, I, I played a, a AOS with, um, with a guy I met that was kind of like a, a networking opportunity or whatever. Cool. And um, she's like, oh, Wargaming is like, uh, it's like golf for nerds. Dude, it straight <laughs> up is, man. <laughs> You're like, oh, we should get together and play yeah. uh, some Sigmar. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I've always told, like, from our Discord when people come in, because I'm aware, like, we're in an industry where there's a lot of social anxiety. Sure. You know what I mean? We were the outcasts. We were the you know the nerds. So this was like our safe haven. Mm. But I've told people like, hey, you know, if you're in a community like our Discord, you already have a lot in common with yeah. everybody that joined. You have at least one thing in common. You guys like cyberpunk. So if you want to talk about that, that's like the best icebreaker. You know, yeah. someone's going to be interested. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to say there's not a big variety of people who are into cyberpunk, yeah. but it's definitely a touchstone. And this is, we're back to this like positive and negative of technology and social networks. Yeah, like, and as much of the the rot that is sort of festering in social media right now, there's also this like exposure to if you really think if you remember what it was like to be alone in your um, in in your uh, obsessions and hobbies like the um the ability to reach out to something like like your discord is such a great it's a well-moderated community dude we have to moderate it we yeah a couple people today. <laughs> yeah i'm sure you can find a link to to the, yeah. the discord um it's in but the it, description in the check that <laughs> always description. in the description dude <laughs> check, jump on that discord i'm in there on occasion yeah. um but uh uh, it's so great to have that that community there that is like safe and and um, yeah it it, it uh, it's not hard man to be honest with you yeah. if you have like these like certain ground rules like no religion no politics keep it to the game be respectful mm -hmm. and that like ninety nine percent of people get that when right. they join the discord they're yeah. like that's what we want to do there's the one percent that are loud and annoying mm -hmm. and you know if we have to get rid of them we do if most of the time we just you know tell them hey knock it off and then it's knocked off because they don't want to leave this cool community that they're in right you know right I mean? at the end of the day you're you're the one missing out if you get banned yeah and i think you know? that's 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 astute of you too like like when you have a community and you want to welcome everybody you got to remember that sometimes that means people these people with social anxiety or whatever it yeah. expresses itself in a lot of different ways oh yeah and sometimes that means people who are loud and abrasive and brash but a lot of those people if you get beyond that there's these like amazing people like behind that oh right? yeah um i'm sure we know we have many yeah. friends in common that that are like that where um they're really solid people, right? Oh, yeah. And but the the internet is not good for people like that because you only get the surface level. I know. You know, it's um, whatever you present to yeah. the public is that that's how you're going to be judged. Which is like, don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover is all they see. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What I mean? And uh, and it's not a place for nuance. No, it's not. But you know, like I said, if you're in a place, a community where everybody likes the same thing that you like. You don't yeah. even, you can easily have a conversation with someone with mm -hmm. something that you're interested in.
Yeah. And then we even have these like side channels where we talk about Warhammer, and there's like the same five people in yeah. that channel, yeah. and we're all chatting with each other about Warhammer. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's fun, man. It's good. Community. Yeah. Community. Community. I'm going to put on my sweater because I'm freezing. It is very cold here, you guys. I know we're in. Uh, there is no heat in this room. No. The um, only heat is from our love for each other. <laughs> that's the only heat that's here. <laughs> And that kept me going for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> we could turn the, the space heater back on. Nah, nah, you're fine. It's uh, fine. With the sweater, I'll be good. The. But yeah, man. Uh, this is one of the four days a year when it'll be too cold in here. <laughs> I know. I remember in summer, it would be like, can we please turn on? It was like, Garrett was our dad, dude. Dad, please. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it gets sweaty, man. Gamers it, are sweaty, dude. It, it does. It does. <laughs> it, it's funny because the, yeah, the retail floor will be, you know, nice and comfortable. But you get back in that gamer heat. Yeah. Especially uh, heat so, of the moment. Some of those tournaments <laughs> with like eighteen sweaty dude. war gamers. Um, <laughs> I love it though. Like it's that's, so like, good. that's yeah. where I live, it's man. It's good, man. It's honestly one of the funnest things that I've ever been a part of. Is any kind of event at a game shop like this one. Yeah. Everybody's just having a good time. Nobody cares about anything else that's going on in their life. They're just focused on this one hobby of theirs. Yeah, for sure. It's so fun, dude. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Our conversation keeps like uh circling between this online thing and then in person thing and um It's about human connection at the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the longest time I didn't have a place like this or the ability to meet with a friend and chat about mm -hmm. gaming. Because I just didn't know a lot of people. This was like before the internet is what it was, you know, or what it is right now. And um, I had to make a choice in high school whether I wanted to be a nerd or whether I wanted to suppress that part of me so I could fit in with everybody else. Because if yeah. I wanted to be a nerd, I'd have to get out of my comfort zone and look for people and take a risk, be made fun of, be ridiculed, and um, and then. I'll ultimately probably not have any friends. Little did I know, I would have ran back to that old me and said, come on, dude, those nerds yeah. over there are going to be your best friends. <laughs> Go over there, dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's... I, I found music pretty young, and um, that was... It's another one of those things. Yeah, pretty all-consuming. Um, but there were... I think that's that's another like kind of cool thing about right now is like in music there were uh icons like there were cool musicians right there were uh, rock stars if you will right and there was media where you could say oh, i play in a band and people knew what that meant right They're like yeah. oh like maybe they'd be like roll their eyes at you or whatever like oh i bet your band sucks but at least like <laughs> and they're the, probably right and they're, they're probably <laughs> right i mean People don't realize, like, when you're a teenager, you should be in a bad yeah. band. You should... Everybody has to suck in the beginning of yeah. anything, dude. You should play bad music. Painting, music, whatever. Yeah, you should run bad cyberpunk, run bad D&D, &D, yeah. because that's the only way you run good yeah, stuff know. later. Yeah. You learn. Um, repetition, yeah. right? But uh, 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 now I feel like there is, at least when you say, I play... Maybe not Cyberpunk Red, but when you say I play Dungeons and Dragons, people know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, um, they've at least heard of it. 
Yeah. They kind of understand it. And if they want to dive in on YouTube and look, they can see people playing it and be like, oh, okay, I get. Yeah. I see what this is. Um, whereas before it was like, you know, well, we pretend to be elves or whatever. And it well, was, it, yeah. to be other people. <laughs> and, there, and the media was so bad. And there, yeah. there's movies about kids like going in the sewers and, you know, like, being the Satanist, satanic panic, the satanic yeah. panic, and all yeah. that. Um, we're, we're kind of we're beyond that, which is great. Um, because it was ridiculous. Yeah. It had no foundation, dude. I saw a TikTok where a guy was talking about Pokemon cards mm -hmm. were satanic. That yeah, he was showing the different symbols, like yeah. the fire. This is the the hellfire. <laughs> this is a symbol of witchcraft, and it's like, dude, it's yeah. literally for kids. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not that. Yeah. Um, but it's anything that takes. Well, I don't know. We, Anything that takes power right from the establishment is going to get pointed at in that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's totally yeah. it's counterculture too. Yeah, yeah, because you get out of your comfort zone. What you do, which is crazy, because once I learned what all of this like tabletop role playing is, it's man and woman and people behind uh, it, by the campfire telling stories. Mm -hmm. That's what it's like the derivative from. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we're doing is we're telling stories by the campfire. It's just evolved to whatever it is now thousands of years later. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it it's uh um it's funny cuz it kind of runs in in my family. Like we have you can trace this line from like my grandpa, I have an uncle who just like talks tells stories and yeah. bullshits oh, a lot. That's good. And um they used to say <laughs> like even when I when I was a kid we went uh uh, my dad had a business trip or something, and we went to uh, to the United Kingdom and um, went and kissed the Blarney Stone and all that. Yeah. So they used to always say that uh, we had the gift of gab because of, oh, you know, of, of that? our Irish roots. <laughs> and there was always this, like, really, uh, like, uh, uh, being a storyteller was, like, a place of honor kind of in my yeah. family. Yeah. And um, it didn't really... We didn't really like. Uh, uh, I didn't really associate that with what gaming was mm. um, until much later, um, when when I started doing it a little more seriously. It tickles the same bone, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's exactly. The same kind of thing. Yeah, and and um, like even it's funny because like uh, like my mom, for instance, doesn't have role playing games as an outlet, but so what I get from her is she tells me. It's like the, the, the gene is still there. So she tells me like entire episodes of the Big Bang Theory that I never have any interest in. Um, but she tells it in an entertaining but way. But I will sit and listen to my yeah. mom tell me the story of, I would never watch the Big Bang Theory, but I love sitting at a dinner table and listen to my mom tell me the story of these people because that's the, it's like that, that energy is still in her. She has no outlet for it. Um, and so we found our outlet in, in role-playing games and telling yeah. these stories and yeah yeah my first exposure to like good storytelling was like a teacher i don't know exactly what <laughs> teacher because all my favorite teachers were good storytellers mm -hmm. and they would teach me either about history or english or something in an entertaining way and even though i had no prior knowledge to it or any interest to it i'm sitting there listening and taking it all in yeah you know what i mean yeah and that makes those lessons stick you 100%. know Hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I remember uh, <laughs> a physics teacher. Uh, uh, shout out, Mr. Kirby. Mr. I, Kirby, shout out. Yeah, uh, he. Um, 
I, and he was teaching about conductivity, and he told a story about peeing on an electric fence. <laughs> All right, and good start so it's far. It's funny, because I don't remember much about school. <laughs> but I remember that story. Uh, I definitely remember that story. Um, and that's kind of the way, like, right, you learn through yeah. through narrative. It's a lot easier yeah. to learn. And I think that's things. why we're so connected to the characters and the story. Mm -hmm. Like, when a character dies, it's kind of ridiculous how emotional we get about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if man. If you think about it, like, if you just, like, outside perspective, like, why are you crying? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, I'm crying because I'm connected to it. Why am I connected? You know? I don't know. It's a multi multitude of things, but well, it's it's real, right? It it's, feels real. Yeah. yeah, it's real memories. Yeah. If you if you played in the same campaign for four years with the same character, we met mm -hmm. up every Saturday. We did six hours. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the math guy. I don't know what that math is for for four years. <laughs> yeah, for four every years. Every Saturday, and then that character dies. <laughs> Those memories are real. That's like 880 hours, dude. There you go. See, you're the math guy. <laughs> 880. I hope hours. I'm right. I'm sure they'll get in the comments. So, yeah, if I'm not. comments will crucify you, dude. You're done. You're cooked. <laughs> But yeah, they uh, th those memories are real. They're real memories of stuff that happened. They were in our mind, but it was a shared memory. And it's also the memory of us being together at someone's house. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was their old house. Then they got a better job and moved to another. Oh, that was when you were at your old house, dude. Remember that? Yeah. Oh. And it's like, it feels real, dude. Yeah. It's real to me. You see? Yeah. That? I mean, it, it, yeah. I do. <laughs> um, yeah, it is real, right? The stories, it's it's as real as going to the movies and, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you spend two hours, two and a half, well, nowadays, three, three and a half hours with these characters or, yeah. um, it so, feels even realer than that, though. But it is real, it is. Because, like, a character dies in Game of Thrones, yeah, you've watched, like, eight seasons of it and mm -hmm. it hurts you, but it hurts more when it's your character. Yeah, you an intimate <laughs> relationship. It's a part of you. Yeah, it is a part of. It's an extension of you for sure. It's so funny. Like, this is one thing. If you game master a lot, or referee, or dungeon, whatever, whatever you want to call storyteller, it. a lot, um, you will see people bringing. They don't even know they're doing it, but they bring a part of themselves to every single character. And yeah. it's it's like maybe an issue they're working through. Maybe they yeah. don't even know it's an issue. Sometimes that yeah, that's that's a thing. Um, you know, they maybe it's something that some insecurity they have that they bring to their character, and it's really cool because you can work through those things in a way that you just can't do in in day to day life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. How bad is it when you see like when there's like a problem player mm -hmm. and you, they behave in such a way? And you immediately know, like, oh, you're like, this is an outlet for you because of something dark that's going on. Yeah. And you're behaving this way because this is the only time you have power. Yeah. And that that's like, that's hardcore, dude. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that kind of, to deal with that, you know, yeah. as a game master. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's delicate, dude. Yeah, I can dig some stuff up for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, that's why we... There's a lot of tools and stuff that you Safety can use, tools, yeah, yeah. That, that, that help you. People like sure. to make fun of those kinds of things mm. because you know it's always cool to make fun of new things, <laughs> but um, but those things they help a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it's so funny because I feel like, uh, especially okay, uh, not to put 
the cyberpunk red community in specific on blast here but the there's they they get really hung up on like how violent and whatever they can make their game yeah and that's fine like <laughs> yeah i love a violent game and like whatever man i described a a illicit brain dance in detail with my daughter sitting across the table from me so like i've yeah. i've gone there but uh what the tools do is actually i feel like free me up yeah. because i feel like i'm always worried about offending or pushing someone too far and if i've already talked to him and said like look we're gonna do this this and this is that okay mm -hmm. and then they've said yeah then i'm like okay right like we can take the training wheels off and just go mm -hmm. um and like dude if someone in your party if someone at your table says like look my my dog passed away last week i don't want to talk about pet violence yeah. like yeah. fine man like it's not you're good you're a good enough gm to make a great game without having if your whole story the dogs have to die or else this thing's not gonna work <laughs> if your plot hinges on it's a thousand on, dogs dying what are we gonna do <laughs> on one thing i mean i guess like right i guess at the end of the day if yeah. you like i have spent a thousand hours designing a campaign around this weird niche thing yeah. then fine then you tell your okay maybe this isn't the game but maybe we'll come you, we'll how come hit you, you on can the next react one. to all the other things your players to do but mm. you can't react to this other thing yeah you know what i mean that yeah. they're telling you that bothers them if it well, really hinges on that you the know? trick is you talk to your players before you spend the thousand hours building your campaign yeah yeah um i think that's, that's yeah i important. think so, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that some game masters make is they're like this is my table my rules to an extent that's like yes that's true but it's also you know their table as well and they can walk away if they choose to and then mm -hmm. no one's playing at your table you're yeah it's disbanded dude. you're gonna have way more fun the minute you start collaborating the minute you start letting your players tell the story yeah. like it's so much less work yeah. uh you, you know i know your your style is really interesting when i played with you where it's almost like like there is no story yeah at first at first yeah you're you're just like here's a here's the world what do you want to do mm -hmm. and it feel it feels very um it's great it's like the best kind of it's what what we can do that video games can't do yet exactly. even yeah um that they even like people want to talk about like Baldur's gate 3 right right mm -hmm. phenomenal job they did an amazing, amazing. job they um, got close very close yeah they got very close to it but there still is a game thing happening yeah, yeah there's a game happening yeah and um you can choose how you like and they've got probably closer than than anyone as far as i know go ahead and tell me otherwise if if there's other games that do it better i want to know because i'll play them mm -hmm. um but like that just pure sandbox of like existing right like uh and and you just need that one little thread of motivation yeah and um you know it can be as simple as like you're hungry mm -hmm. right you got nothing in your pocket this is actually i think if I'm lucky enough to continue doing uh, Edge, of uh, Edge of Extinction or or maybe beyond, um, we're coming up. Uh, we're coming up on season two finale. I have a season three that that um, I've taught, worked out with the players. We're getting ready to shoot. Um, but I think if I want to, I wanted to start maybe from scratch with new characters or maybe do a second. Uh, I don't know. We don't have the resources, mm -hmm. but um this is how i'd like to start like you're you're hungry you don't have any money um what do you do yeah 
yeah. you know, yeah. you do you have a job? Like, do you not have a job? Like, maybe there is no work. Maybe this is true. Like, we kind of, we jumped in in the middle of, in like, almost in media res, like everyone had their side hustles and everything going on. But what does it look like when you're maybe 18 or 19 years old and you're on the street and you don't have anything? Yeah. Like, let's let's write your backstory together mm-hmm. um, and see what that's like. Yeah, man, that's fun because that feeds into other stuff that happens into the campaign. Yeah. But that whole reacting thing, I've figured out that that's the most fun for me, mm-hmm. you know? is letting my players drive the story and it's also way easier to prep yeah because my prep is like they come here this guy is here this guy's gonna go talk to them and these are the things he's probably gonna say and we'll see what happens yeah you know what i mean it takes a lot of confidence though uh, it it's true. It's scary to it's, be it's, like. It's definitely something like a new game master might not be able to do for mm-hmm. sure. But I think eventually, like if you keep going down the route that I went down, you'll get there as well. You know, yeah, over it's, time. It's almost like enlightenment, right? Yeah, you, it's exactly. You're, how you're it on feels. a journey toward nothing, right? Yeah. And when you can truly say there is nothing planned, then you don't have to worry about it I anymore. Know. You're not I tearing know. up. Your your pages and pages of narrative that are you're like oh you killed the NPC well <laughs> let me get, let me look at my D one hundred chart of sad things that can happen yeah hold on I rolled a thirty okay you're all very sad <laughs> um yeah I'd be curious like uh, I don't know if now's the time to talk about it but like have you ever run a game where literally like uh, I don't know if this would even be fun for players, but like, like you don't even like you can't afford a gun. Like you're playing cyberpunk yeah. and you got nothing. Like what do they call that? They call that low, like, low, not low tech. They call it survivalist. There's yeah. there's a word for it because cyberpunk red was supposed to be that mm-hmm. in the cyberpunk universe. I think most people don't play it that way. The yeah, scarcity. Yeah, that's what it is. I don't think it's fun for players. I don't think it's fun yeah. necessarily because, like, part of when I play a game, I love going through those equipment lists oh, yeah. and like finding the, the combinations. Cyberpunk fantasy is high tech. Like, I got an mm-hmm. arm that's bionic. My car moves by with my th- mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of things you want to explore. But I feel like as a, sh- you know, with the right players, it could be like really narrative focused players. Uh, it could be fun, yeah, I think for um, sure, because I love that like like neuromancer or whatever, and it's like he has to like go buy some or rent a POS pistol yeah, yeah, yeah. to do a right job. And, yeah, and it's like that's awesome, it right? Is awesome. And you're living in a pod, awesome. you you know, like your life sucks, and that is the motivation, right? And it's sort of like you said, like you don't need you know how the city works, you know how the world works. And the world is stacked against the players already. Yeah. So it, the tension's there. You don't really have to do anything. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's already. It is. And like uh, that whole APC thing in our game. Yeah. You guys found it. <laughs> like, many GMs would probably have been like, no, you couldn't. You can't do that. Dude. It was you funny. Can't. I was sitting in my chair as a game master <laughs> going like, he's not really going to let us have a tank. Like, this is not really going to happen. And like, I this is like, going to break his game. Like, And I was thinking like, dude, did I make a big mistake? And then I said, wait a minute. If you have a tank, you're going to have tank problems. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
and that's exactly what it's happened. True, dude. Right? You need fuel. You need ammo. Everyone's like, "Hey, nice tank. Where'd you get that tank? What size?" <laughs> and Paris is, is it? such a chaos gremlin. He's just like, "Yeah, we're stealing a fucking tank, of yeah, course." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was like a full blown argument of like, "Okay, we had fun with the tank. Let's go give it back." <laughs> yeah, this is great. It was we so can't go funny, back dude. home yet. <laughs> Maybe we could stash it Too somewhere. Too many people asked us about it. It's making me nervous. We're the only ones with tank. Yeah. With the tank here dude yeah yeah it was great too because it it added tension within the party too because that was the character right like uh you know one character is like of course we want to tank because i feel safe because i have the power yeah i have another person's gonna what's gonna get me yeah and then uh, uh the the character i was playing was like no i've i've been there i've been in a world where i've had a tank and it's it attaches the wrong kind of a attracts the wrong kind of attention. I'm oh, just yeah. trying to like live out my life at street level and like survive. Yeah. You Lay know? low. Yeah. Uh, and the loud and proud always get shot down in the yeah. dark future, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's like a crabs in a bucket mentality yeah. in the dark future. So yeah, it was it let us explore those topics. Yeah. And if and I yes ended instead mm. of being like, okay guys, cut it out, you know, let's get back to business. You know what I yeah, mean? It, yeah. So it was it, fun. Dude. It made for some fun moments. Um yeah. 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 Uh anyway, watch those those ninjas almost stole the tank. Yeah, that's another yeah. And then you guys realize like, oh shit, we gotta get to the tank because <laughs> yeah, they're gonna try to steal that's it. Bad. <laughs> that's bad news. Now we're on the other end of that. Yeah, that so so many like artillery. things popped up from it. And Mm. you guys literally drove that whole thing, you know, Mm. no pun intended. You drove that whole (laughs) idea uh, of like what will will happen with it. And all I did was present you guys with logical situations. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, you have a tank. You don't have ammo. Okay, we'll get ammo. Okay, well, you got to go talk to those guys. And then now they're asking you about your tank. Sure. And they they they're fine and cool now, but who knows? Like they're not your buddies, you know. They yeah. might try to steal that thing one day. It was fun too because we were we were outside of Night City and we were discovering what the world was like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think that that was also really fun. Yeah, it was one of those uh, frontiers that I hadn't like explored, mm-hmm. you know. I've always done the city grid, you know, concrete jungle kind of mm-hmm. thing. But uh, I wanted to explore outside of it. I am happy to say we are back in the city with my other campaign. Yeah. The players were like, can we get back in the city? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we can get back in the city. It's just Velcro. Um, yeah, Night City is so rich and the lore is there. And it's interesting. Like, <clears throat> how do you feel about, like, there's so much lore and there's so many. There's countless hours of YouTube videos just describing the history. Mm -hmm. Um, How much of that do you feel like as a game master? Like, I I feel like that was one of the things when I decided to tackle the system was like, oh boy, so there's a lot of lore I got to learn. Yeah. Um, Do you feel like it's necessary to know all that stuff? I did my homework because I do my homework, but. I'm worried that it gets intimidating to people and I mm-hmm. and I think I would say to people if you're maybe you've played the game a couple times you're nervous to run it because you don't know all that stuff I, I don't know like how how important it is to really know all of it it's as necessary as it is necessary to play rules as written sure on anything you know yeah. what I mean if you're the type of person that you want to run it by the book 
these are the corporations. This is how they behave. I'm not going to, you know, gravitate to my own kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then, okay, yeah, I would definitely say go for it. Look at all that stuff. If you need inspiration, though, then, yeah, maybe yeah. do a little bit of research. You could see what the in-game gangs behave like, how they interact with the corporations. Mm. Like, I kept the same corporations. I like them. I think they're a cool idea. Yeah. I get what it is. Militech is like the USA mm. corporation, you know, uh, military industrial complex kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Arasaka is like traditional Japanese businessman. Yakuza became like this big giant conglomerate yeah. taking over the world. I get that. I love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But other than that, it's up to you. And then the rest is like your own inspiration, looking at corporations in the world. Hopefully they're not as evil mm -hmm. <laughs> as the ones in the world, but <laughs> but it's whatever you want, you know, like Neuromancer is a great uh, book yeah. for inspiration and then movies and stuff like that. You, they there's matter all, just as much as the lore. Yeah. And there's, all, there's some great prose in the book that's just like fun to read. Yeah. And I would say if you're inspired to read it, read it um, or watch the videos or I would... You know, when I'm doing my mini painting, actually, is when I'll throw on a lore video, a lore video. or something like yeah, that. It's cool to know, because at the end of the day, it's just another cyberpunk story. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Whether it's the official lore or somebody else's ideas. Yeah. And the, the truth is, what you know, you only need to know what you know, because you're building the world, and, and inevitably, that's going to be what needs to be in exactly. the game, right? Yeah. Um, and it's really not... It's only one city, right? It's a very... It goes very far up and very far down. There's a lot of verticality in Night yeah, City. Big time. Coming back to that. Um, but uh, if you're coming from whatever, it, I, I feel like it's, I don't want the lore to be gatekeepy, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is no. sort of how it feels a little bit that way when I approach the game. And um, it doesn't need to be. It's no. sort of like if you come from D&D, &D, like there's like way more crap in, in Fandolin or whatever than in Night City. Uh, uh, and you're you, you're operating on that lore. Maybe it's because you are like grew up reading Tolkien or something. You feel more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. But there's there's not even that much in no. in Night City. And what's cool is it's it, it's a uh, by its very nature, like it even is described like block by block. Some days it's a com combat zone. Some days it's not. Yeah. Right. And the borders keep shifting. And the, exactly the the green zone pushes out and then the it pushes back yeah. and then the the bozos take territory and then you know whatever and i'm getting into the lore but the the point is it's always in flux right exactly and, and that's designed <clears throat> in such a way so you can yeah you know in the current state of your campaign this is what it is mm -hmm. you know what i mean it can it always it can always change and you 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 let your idea guide what you research right like yeah. so in, in campaign one i was like well i need I need a gang that that lacks leadership. So I just looked through and I was like, yeah, piranhas are like a party gang. Mm -hmm. And I think they're a gang, like a motivated person could come in and manipulate them into being like something other than what they are, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that was kind of a fun uh, uh, tension between like this boss of the gang and then everybody else is just a bunch of like druggy whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So you kind of like, it instantly gives the whole thing personality. And just from those few sentences, I can already figure out how they would behave mm -hmm. in different settings. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I can just interact and logically come to a conclusion 
and yeah. I don't need to know the leader's last name and his maiden <laughs> name and what gun he carries or whatever. Yeah. I just know he's a part of this group of people yeah. and he has to answer to this group of people. So that's yeah. probably going to motivate his, right, his right. interactions. Yeah. And, and he's, he has to, whatever, like then you go, okay, well, how does he, uh, manipulate them well if they're all drug users maybe he controls the drug trade well how does he do that well you must yeah. be uh, linked to a nomad group that can bring things in from outside the city right so then now you've got his relationship with a nomad group well my player character wants to play a nomad I'm like well guess how you know this exactly guy, right exactly um, and that all just came from like one literally look through the list of gangs picked one and read the description and and you've built an entire narrative out of that yeah like the uh the one in our game the soldiers that was directly out of home of the brave mm -hmm. the cyberpunk 2020 source book and it's literally like a small <clears throat> two paragraph description they used to be soldiers that were part of the u.s military and then like everything collapsed and they were like you know we don't really have leadership and our families are in danger mm -hmm. as we're serving this country that is like falling apart mm -hmm. why don't we just take all our expertise and all the weapons and vehicles and stuff and just make our own little community yeah and it feels real right because we know those people yeah right we know those people that would that are like survivalists or whatever the people who are the, the would be the ones that gather up their family yeah. throw them in the truck exactly and drive out to the desert because yeah. whatever like i know how to live out there exactly and and, and, and like what's going to motivate they think everything they're the hammer everything's a nail you mm -hmm. know what i mean that's how they they're just about acquiring things and being powerful and their offense is their defense mm -hmm. and that motivates that's why they wanted your tank right because they're yeah. like oh here's another asset mm -hmm. that we can acquire yeah you know what yeah. i mean and, and um yeah you'll find that those motivations come come easily yeah and you don't need a, a i didn't have to think about i didn't have to think oh it would be great if they no they see the tank and they're like all right why don't we take this thing mm -hmm. you know what i mean but they do they did have some kind of code and ethics because they didn't like outright kill you guys and take the right, tape. right. That's yeah. not something that they'll do. But that's because that's who they are, right? They're exactly. they're they're family men or whatever. Like they <clears throat> they understand, yeah. like you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So interesting. Exactly. Right. right? And uh, that was just you know. And I got to that. I was inspired by the official lore. Yeah. But there was nothing else. You know. Yeah. There was no like names of people mm -hmm. or anything that's like you know. So I just went off of that and made my own kind of thing. That's cool, man. Yeah. And yeah. you could do that with anything. You could do yeah. that with anything. I have another one, uh, the Cult of the One Glove. So uh, have you ever messed with uh, poser gangs? I, the Piranhas are a party gang, right? Yeah, they're a part, we're officially a party gang. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had an idea. I don't know if I should say Maybe it. Not. Because Spoilers. I might use it. <laughs> now you will. Um, yeah, it never really fit with the vibe of... Uh, of the game yeah maybe maybe i'll save that one okay yeah, so well i'll idea. tell you my thing yeah <laughs> and maybe you'll be inspired we can do it off camera we'll talk about <laughs> okay <laughs> so the call to the one glove is a michael jackson poster sure. gang and uh the leader looks most like michael jackson all okay. the way down to like the lowest lackey is like mm -hmm. he can't afford the best kind of bio sculpting yeah. so he kind of looks like michael jackson but the whole idea is 
is they're a sinister gang, kind of like the bozos, mm. where you know the bozos are all clowns, but they do horrific things. Sure. These guys are the same thing, but they all look like Michael Jackson. So it's kind of like it's it, it like juxtaposes. It's like it's funny, but at the same time they're doing terrible things. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. know what I mean? So that's not funny. Yeah, no. That's well, that's like actually that's one of the great parts about the cyberpunk universe. It's like that that pink mohawk versus black trench coat like, yeah dude things yes. um where things can be really funny and crazy and yeah. explosive but then at the same time can turn but at very the dark, same time just... the world sucks it's a yeah. terrible place to live like for the average person you literally live in like the gutter you know what yeah. i mean yeah but it, it's it feels real right because like you know you laugh through the pain like that's how we cope with things like oh, yeah. you know um and and people would still whatever and he, and it's just extreme because the the situation is so extreme oh yeah uh it's great too because there's so many uh there's so many michael jackson looks you could use there too <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like kind of countless i was thinking the red jacket what was the red one the that's from like beat, leather. beat it, beat yeah, it. Yeah, yeah yeah and then the glove you know um, that's like the leader the glove the... definitely lasted for a while yeah. but yeah you have the the white glove uh, with the black and the, the hat oh the hat is a big thing yeah, um, yeah. you gotta do that so and then you think like what kind of cyberware would they have so they could do the lean <laughs> you know what i mean like you know, 35 he, degree he had a patent on did he have a patent he, on the okay, lean this is like weird no way. so there's shoes that have a little slot oh no way and he would hit there's a peg on the stage mm -hmm. that they could hit so he would hit that peg and then he could use that as oh, leverage to lean himself dude. and he patented that yeah that so i know thing? i know this because uh one of my mentors was uh, a musical director and toured with michael jackson nice. so he <laughs> he said he was backstage with um what's his name Baryshnikov? is this the irish i'm mean, not sorry, russian no uh russian uh ballet dancer okay and he watched uh michael jackson do this he would do this thing where he would spin and the mic cable would wrap around him and then he would switch the other direction and throw the cable out the other way the other way and uh he was so he's he this this world-renowned ballet dance was like i I have no idea how he does that. What? He's like, I That's do so not understand. Cool. <laughs> wow. He really anyway, was the king of pop. Anyway, sorry. Tangent of, of all tangents. No, but that's, um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a To move. have like a world-renowned ballet dancer. I'm sure he's done a billion spins <laughs> yes. his entire life. Yeah, like, yeah. I have no idea a, how he does that. Yeah, a person who has studied the art of... And so maybe that's what a cyber attack. Yeah. He could have a mono wire that he flips in a oh, circle. Dude, and so, it whips and around. Body parts <laughs> flying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dude. too funny man yeah yeah uh, so yeah i mean that's the other thing about cyberpunk is like i i notice some people they try to get a little too serious with it which mm -hmm. i get it you know your table whatever you guys want to do um and i've actually tried to listen to like one of those serious dark actual plays have you ever like delved into that kind of thing sure i uh well, I've spent some time with like the Vampire, the Masquerade. Sure, and, but even and, then, you'll crack jokes. Yeah, you know what I mean. The setting is kind of serious, but it's still at the end of the day, it's buddies hanging out, and we'll crack a joke. Here yeah, yeah. I was listening to an actual play where they were playing a game, and I don't know, I don't remember what the game was, but it was evident that they were trying so hard to be serious. 
mm-hmm. and it kind of took me out of it. And yeah, like, I, I think, think I don't know if there's a way to do that to be the, serious. The serious moments will come. I mean, yes. I, like you're. If you know my work, you know it's serious. Oh yeah, we um, cried. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> but those moments only are impactful after the humor and after the uh, the laughs, right? Yeah. I was like, "What's? Why do you care about the character if you don't like them?" Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, like like Danny bringing that. It's interesting because, like, Danny brought a voice, right, to to Brad, yep. right, um, that was very big, and and could have been really goofy and comedic, and uh, even like and when it I, was in the beginning, it, it was goofy and comedic, but then it evolved. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely like session zero. I was like, "Are you sure?" But it was one one of the things we talked about. It was like, "Well, we're not going to play." that for laughs right or we're not laughing at his voice or whatever yeah it was just how he was and and we just dealt with he did some of the most serious and like toward the end he inhabited that character so well that i didn't even hear the voice anymore no right and it was actually just, it was heartbreaking yeah to hear him get serious in that voice and it's like that okay back we're back. Sorry about that, folks. Little uh, technical thing. Uh, what were we even talking about? Uh, we moved on to we were talking things. about how much you love Edge of Extinction on Infinite Sided Dice. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh-huh. I do, in fact. I do love it. I, I remember it was an honor to be there on day one, dude, just to see you guys put it together and looking at the set. And I was like, man, this is the way it's got to be. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we we set a very high production bar, which um, uh, we've tried to we've maintained. Uh, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's worth it though when when we connect with people and more and more. Um, I just we get messages and and things that are are just. Um, it's the story connecting with people. It's people getting into the game. Yeah, it's growing the community. All that stuff. Uh, we're just really really proud of what we made mm-hmm. um and a lot of that uh of course is john john here inspired inspired a lot of that um essentially like you showed me uh introduced me to the game of cyberpunk red and also i think as a creator as a content creator you were like you can just do it like mm-hmm. there's no reason I, sh- I shouldn't do it yeah um, and I'm glad you did. <clears throat> yeah. Otherwise, that game would have just been done in my living room. And um, it probably probably would look a little different. But um, <laughs> There would be some dogs. Yeah, my dogs would be there. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have printed, you know, $500 worth of resin uh, <laughs> in terrain. Jesus Christ. <laughs> maybe, yeah. uh, maybe I would or have. Maybe you would have. Maybe I would have. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know if you, I, I think the takeaway from today is uh, the thing we keep coming back to is verticality, right? Yeah. So I, I've been forming an idea in my head of these like three types of verticality you need to have in your game or, or that, that can help your game. And one is uh, 
the narrative verticality so like the the highs emotional highs and lows mm -hmm. right so find the humor and the love and the positivity that contrasts with the pain and the darkness like um you know if you you can't uh if if the person hates his wife and they kidnap his wife, then why does he care? Yeah, <laughs> you, you just solve the problem. Did <laughs> you create one? <laughs> so, so first you have to love the person yeah. that's kidnapped before the, their kidnapping means anything to you. Yeah. So that's your narrative verticality. And then like the, the physical verticality of the battle map where it's interesting to play on a, on a, on a board that has multiple levels. So uh, when you throw somebody off the top, it, it, it hurts them more. It's like fun, right? Yep. Um, and the the third type of verticality was uh i don't remember what was it um <laughs> uh the emotional yeah so i i think um oh no then then economic verticality oh that's right right so uh uh going from being this the the lowest of the low on the street level and then you could build your game all the way to the top are. of arasaka tower yeah. so both physically get on the top of a building and then also just uh sort of uh growing in um i guess that's more narrative verticality and mm -hmm. then the emotional is the laughter and the pain of course right so your emotional verticality is your laughter is your high notes and your pain is your low notes and then your uh the the on the battle map your top of the building where you have cover and high ground is your high notes yeah <laughs> and then narratively you go from the low notes of of poverty and uh pain and uh and then find some high notes like uh in your story yeah you gotta i'm i'm right there with you dude you gotta have balance mm -hmm. and uh if you veer too far into one direction if your campaign is only combat focused then unless you got players that just want to play that war game simulator yeah. they're um, probably gonna get bored you know what i mean yeah. and you're gonna get bored too because you're doing the same thing over and over again yeah, I find um, that's actually one of the things I like about Cyberpunk Red is uh, people talk about the lethality like that makes it more of a combat game. Not but I think the, the lethality is what makes it not a combat game because yeah. it's fast. Yeah. First of all, if combat lasts more than five rounds, you're probably dead. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and people avoid it like crazy. Man, I put the fear of because most of the Edge of Extinction crew had never played uh were, were just like D D 5e players yep so like i went in really hard and i was like listen man you're gonna die you're gonna die dude <laughs> <laughs> and, and that had the effect of careful using that because it's yeah. fun it adds tension yeah but boy do they play scared sometimes yeah um it yeah. took a while to like get that okay let's let's dial in yeah. like yes you're gonna die but also you have to do things <laughs> yeah but that's what makes it fun is that yeah. you could die yeah yeah, yeah. exactly uh, but yeah it, yeah but i mean you know it's like a, i've i've always said talk before you glock yeah and that's one of those things that happens organically where my players are like okay yeah we could just get into a big shootout but there's consequences you know mm -hmm. with that shootout you know maybe we'll kill everybody or maybe we kill everybody and one of us dies or maybe we kill everybody and some innocents die the police are after us yeah so there's always another solution that doesn't involve violence mm -hmm and discovering that becomes just as fun yeah you know because you're still rolling dice yeah and, and acting and problem solving and but then when things. you push them to that point it's very satisfying it like is when they finally 
uh, it's meaningful, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I, not just, uh, you know, yeah. violence for whatever sake, you know? It's, yeah. It has a meaning behind it. Yeah, but there are plenty of fun games you can play where you just shoot each other. It's yeah. Yeah, that's why I love Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. you know, there's no role-playing at all. It's These guys have these guns, and they shoot that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But when it comes to cyberpunk, it's the, the social interactions are just yeah. as fun, or maybe even more fun. Yeah, because like, like I entered the cyberpunk world before playing the game with you even through the literature, right? Mm -hmm. Through through the stories and the movies. Yeah. Um, and those stories and movies, if you look at them, they're not action-packed, yeah. right? It's There are very meaningful, impactful action scenes or whatever, but for the most part, they're, they're noir, they're detective stories, they're mysteries, they're survival um, yeah. grittiness you know all the things like the human condition you know what i mean all the things that we try to deal with in our real life but now add another element of like the world is shit too you yeah. know what i mean yeah so like the world is shit but you still have to go to work what does that look like you know what <laughs> i mean still, yeah man it's 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 interesting i think like um I'd love to, I've never had an opportunity to talk with uh, Mike Pondsmith, but I'd love to like just sort of, I really like appreciate the way he synthesized a lot of maybe that some of that literature and some of those ideas into a thing that really feels like uh, it's a reality that's written by somebody who has experienced life differently than, than, you know, it's not you know some uh, it's not someone like Im imagining what the street would be like it feels like he knows like sort of firsthand what what poverty looks like mm -hmm. or uh, you know well uh, that's why it's called cyberpunk because yeah. it's like that punk mentality from back in the day mm -hmm. anti-corporate mm -hmm. anti-establishment you know we grew up being told you know listen to your teacher the government's yeah. out to help you the police <laughs> will protect you and then when you get older, you realize there's more nuance to it than that. You know what I mean? Sure. There's sure. corruption, there's greed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's nice because it is, it's all heightened and whatever, but, yeah. but that's the cautionary tale of it. Yeah. Right? It's, it's right. satirical. It's supposed yeah. to be, but then, you know, stuff starts happening. <laughs> that's not, it's like, what dude, that's supposed <laughs> to be a joke. It's not supposed to be real. It is so funny. Like, uh, as we're in the age of of ai art and uh and creativity and yeah um there was a big controversy on reddit recently surrounding ai art there's um, a big controversy in my discord yeah of, we've been having to deal with it non-stop and um i've sort of um kind of been no comment on it but yeah um yeah it did sort of it 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 i think part of it surrounded some artwork of some of our player characters which uh i thought it's interesting oh, to i watch. saw that post yeah yeah and um, it's hard to like be upset at someone for posting that yeah because they posted ai pictures of the characters it's yeah. like they're expressing that they're fans of the show yeah but you know there's the inherent unethicalness it's, of ai yeah it's it's a it's a big complicated issue um and you know, uh, my my uh, uh, Teresa is a visual artist. She did mm -hmm. 
some of the concept art as uh, my also my wife uh, some of the concept art for those characters and in Lux uh, my my kid is going to school for design and is mm -hmm. an artist and did the color on those yeah they did all that and um yeah and and, and it, it's one of those things where it's like well there the work of artists is being used in an unethical way mm -hmm. by a corporation but like the it's bringing art down to something that's soulless which is data <laughs> it's true um you know what i mean <laughs> and and it's hard because people this is this is the, the thing though the community is attacking this fan who's using this tool that's an unethical tool possibly possibly right? yeah right it's like super great it could be done in an ethical way i exactly. think right i think there's a way forward but, but even like, then <coughs> it could still even be gray you know what i mean yeah but like going to mcdonald's and walking watching a guy walk out of there that just ate a big mac or whatever and screaming at him about him doing something unethical is not the answer to solving the mcdonald's problem exactly right yeah totally um right. so so i don't fault the fan and the the users who like see this thing and they're using it. it's like it's not really their fault that it's created in such an unethical mm -hmm. way um so i don't i mean the tool is like a futuristic <sighs> thing that like <laughs> yeah that's like Star Trek shit. You talk to the thing and it makes your old gray. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same there. kind of thing. Yeah. But, you know, but what is the, the backbone of, of the tool is off of, you know, taking from other artists. Yeah. And I've always said that at the end of the day, we're still going to need artists because mm -hmm. the computer and AI is on. <clears throat> it needs the artist to do what it's doing. So inherently the artist's job will always be there. Right. But it's hard to make that argument when Disney's doing it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you see them posting images on social media where they have AI. Then that that's clearly unethical. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. know where that came from. That came from them just being greedy because mm -hmm. they have the mean. They've been paying artists yeah. for over 100 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden for them to be like, oh, this is our opportunity finally. Not well, it's to confusing too because Disney uh, owns the rights to those images that they're using in their AI yeah. that's reconstituting whatever, yeah. whatever it's doing. Yeah. Um, it's a lot to discuss. It's a lot to talk about. But yeah, you're right. Attack the fan that is just like hey I love this show and I'm not an artist but I know how to put in input yeah. data um, you, know I mean? <clears throat> you know I it's hard though because I just want to be like well like I would see your pencil drawing like mm -hmm. I, you don't have to be scared to like express yourself in a way that doesn't use that Yeah, and like even if it's you know what you think of bad right i think an honest expression from from your hand would mean a lot yeah you know to me like i'm telling you out there like if you drew a bad picture of one of our characters like a so like what you think of as bad like it it's gonna feel honest and and um and it's gonna mean a lot right yeah. you know yeah. anytime anybody yeah does something like that's amazing like you spent the time to do that yeah you know what i mean and i see that even you know like i don't think that it's necessarily easy to make an ai image that looks like a human mm -hmm. there's so many bad ones I mean, oh yeah wow the weird fingers yeah, yeah. oh hands boys yeah, yes hands. uh <laughs> um 
But the problem is that you look at these like like an anime fan site, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I'm into this, and it's just a wallpaper of AI images of the same. It's like this is pointless, yeah, right? You, you've you've so so I see why people are like, let's cut this off, right? Mm -hmm. Because it it does limit what the community can do in terms of expressing itself. Yeah. Um, well, I think the main issue is anytime where art was like the derivative thing that was a part of it like let's say a movie mm -hmm. a movie poster used to be an expression of the movie like right. an artistic yeah. expression of the movie mm -hmm. so if you just like throw ai at it like yeah it might look cool you know because but it's just copying all the other cool artwork before it that's yeah. why it looks cool you know what yeah. i mean it's not doing anything different or new yeah, but most artists aren't doing anything different or new anyway. It's true. It's true. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> but I at the being, end of the day, I'm being a... funny. That's not how I feel. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I mean, but, you know, it's that whole argument that, like, everybody's copying everybody. Yeah. Anyway, you know, since the first person to do something. Yeah. But, um, but it just doesn't feel... It's, it's all about ethics is what it is. That's what the main argument is mm -hmm. it's about ethics it's if you're making money from something an artist should should be paid sure i think that we can all agree on yeah you know what i mean yeah or um everyone should just get paid a living wage for for no reason at all and then you'd be free to make art hey man uh if, if I'm, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> Uh, as a, yeah. <laughs> don't at me, bro. Talking about universal basic <laughs> income, bro. I'm down. <laughs> An hour, and 90 minutes into the podcast, and Dustin brings up yeah, UBI. He's teaching us how to be communists, guys. It's you, over. You want to talk about punk? Uh, <laughs> no, um, dude. What's more punk than universal basic income in this world? Yeah, right uh, that's uh, punk. I am way out of my depth. I'm yeah, yeah. A, I, I play role playing games and make I music know. for a living. So, um, and we have opinions. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, I don't even know that I. Yeah, I, I don't even. I'm not even educated enough to have an opinion. Yeah. Um, but the the point is that that artists are in trouble. Like uh, I've been dealing with it in the music industry for a long time. Um, that I I don't think that even pursuing music in the way that I did at the turn of the century mm -hmm. uh, oh, is not a viable uh, career option yeah. anymore. You're right. Um, you know, not we, as viable as it used to be for sure. Yeah. And yeah. what, what uh, these movie studios and like you talk about Disney using AI, um, Netflix, etc., like going to start creating things more and more cheaply and yep. using these tools. What they need to realize is that this is what happened to the music industry, and and where are those record labels that were making so much money? They're gone. They're gone, right? Because it it evaporated. Because now it's people making music in their bedrooms mm -hmm. and streaming it, and now the the value of the art has disappeared, and and now. <laughs> even Spotify is not going to be paying their bottom 75% you know, of artists or whatever, not going to make any money. Nothing. Um, and I don't know that does the art suffer for it. I guess you can decide that. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, 
there it'll all just be YouTube, right? Like if making a film, if you can use AI to do your visual effects, some kid in their bedroom is going to be able to make Fast and the Furious 27 or the equivalent with an AI and a, and a laptop, then what the hell do we need Warner yeah. Brothers for? What do we need Disney for? Like, if That's, you can make right. Star Wars in your bedroom using AI, which unethically sources images from big studios or whatever, uh, then those companies are going to collapse too. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I guess people don't think that way. I guess they'll they'll make their money. And they'll have generational wealth, and it won't matter to them. Yeah, but, but I like, mean, even that generational wealth will go away at a certain point because the next generation they have they're in charge of the money now. You know yeah, I mean? and they'll find some other they'll find some other industry to strip money. Exactly, you know, it's um, it's that's what it is. It's stomping on the little guy. Um, you, you see all the strikes and everything this year. It's because it's happening, right? Yeah. Writers are making less because it's cheaper to not pay them the actors are making less because they can write the contracts in such a way that they don't get paid. Yeah. And AI is going to make that worse. Um, well, I think from my experience, I think most people do, are opposed to AI artwork in the like big media. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If it's like you in your basement doing AI artwork for you and your buddies or like, a small uh like you know mm -hmm. published book that you're working on whatever you know it's no one really gets hurt all that much but when these big companies start doing it i think people really are opposed to that they don't yeah. like it yeah it's it's kicking it's it's kicking down somebody that's already been down you yeah. know what i mean and yeah. yeah so we're all about the underdog as a people so maybe the optimist in me is saying the pendulum will swing the other way people will start respecting the arts more and saying like hey like this is what we've become it's all just this ai garbled artwork out there now mm -hmm. and there is no real like actual artwork and people will start going out there and sure and artwork. i mean you can look historically at at uh at fine art it's all painting for instance is the only thing that's been around long enough to really look at in terms of these trends yeah. right um uh oof. i uh, my my wife like studied art history in france and stuff so That's I'm, awesome, I'm way out of my depth Probably here know so much more than but us. like <laughs> uh uh but like um it swings like you said like the impressionist movement and people go crazy and they come and they throw garbage at the paintings because they're like this isn't real right yeah. uh and then it swings back the other way and you get other movements and then and then you have the modernist movement where it becomes just completely abstract and yeah. shapes or uh pop artists like andy warhol where they're just using images like then the question becomes like he's got pictures of campbell soup cans right mm -hmm. like why is that art well because he has a relationship with it this is this is the child this is what reminds him of home and it's it, yep. like he puts it in context and puts it there's in a, gallery. a story there's a story but mm -hmm. um, but on the other hand it's just repurposing of images it's so, verticality like, all right yeah, it's verticality <laughs> uh you know and and i don't know i don't know where create where where we find creativity, like all we can do is just be creative. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why we're doing what we do. It's one of the oldest uh, ways of expression for humanity, you know, is yeah. cave drawings, all that. You know, yeah. Us trying to interpret it. What did a, what did man want? Why did they draw those things? I've, I don't know. We're going kind of on tangents. <laughs> but archaeologists are thinking this is that a two-parter. maybe... two-parter. Yeah, I know. They're thinking maybe those cave drawings were actually like diagrams of like a guy saying like, hey, this is how we're going to hunt. Right, right. So you guys are here. The buffalo's here. This is how we're going to coordinate. Mm -hmm. And that's how they use the artwork. It was a planning session. It was a planning thing. Yeah. And we're looking at it like, oh, my God, look at this amazing artwork, which it is amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? For whatever it is. But also it had a function to it. Sure. Yeah. And that just proves to you that art will always have a function yeah. in humanity. Yeah. And we should respect that. Or the very nature of it in order to be truly art is that it has no function beyond being art. Mm. I don't know. That's the nature of, is, of yeah. things. Um, yeah. No, no. I think like the, the function you just have to talk about, like you're not literally the function of like, these are guys that are going to kill a bison or whatever. Um, uh, but also there can be a deeper function. It's just of like, course. like learning. We go back to like our players working through their issues through the art of role playing. Yeah. Right. Or watching a movie about something to sort of learn what it means to be human. Like, like when we watch, uh, when the kids are watching bluey or whatever, like mm -hmm. they're learning what it means to be a person and how to like, uh, exist. And you can learn that from your parents or, you know, you can also learn it from media. Exactly. And, and the, I think the message <clears throat> is the message, no matter where it comes from, you know, yeah. it could come from bluey. It could come from somewhere else. Yeah. You know, but as long as you get the message, that's, what's important. Which is also why it's important. You need to be careful what you consume. Yeah. Uh, because like the anarchist <laughs> cookbook, you know, yeah. maybe don't read <laughs> no, yeah, you should No. Um, <laughs> the, the, that's funny. Um, yeah. If, if you don't, consume content that has depth or meaning or humanity in it this is the thing that ai can't do right yeah, exactly so exactly uh, and it can't do what we're doing now it can't discussing not, not yet it, anyway not in a meaningful way <laughs> oh man we can talk so much we gotta wrap it yeah, up yeah we I, do have to wrap it up. i wanted to tell you about me using chat gpt to run cyberpunk i just want to experiment see what it sure. is it was soulless dude it was soulless <laughs> yeah. it was it was literally treating it like maybe you know with the right prompts i can finesse it to make sure. it feel like a game master but it really was just like input this this happens now input something else <laughs> and it was just like it felt like the, that old Lord of the Rings text game. Yeah, yeah, like Zork or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah where wolf. you put in a prompt. Dating, my, uh, dating myself. Which is but, crazy. How old is you're that? Like, use like, you're like, back to it. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it kind of felt that way. And I'm like, yeah, we're safe, dude. Yeah. It's, there's all, you're always going to need a game master. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, this is like like Blade Runner or whatever, or, or all these things where what it comes down to is people searching for a human connection yeah and like if you can't find that in your life you're going to look for it anywhere and any modicum of humanity that you can find even in a computer it's like a 
uh, it's but that's like doing it's like doing uh, drugs or something mm -hmm. like uh, when you what you need is food and instead you're just eating candy yep right it, you're gonna eventually it's gonna rot your teeth exactly. and your insides exactly. out um, but even if, though it tastes so good it even it might taste good yeah. it might feel really satisfying to to see like those images you or have the, the sustenance you yeah know. yeah you're not getting you're not filling your soul with those the things that i don't know if the soul exists but yeah. you're not you're not filling emotionally you're not being fulfilled by the stuff that you're consuming yeah so um yeah i mean i watch a lot of garbage but like but seek out those meaningful works of art and seeking out you know read a book do, do express yourself express yourself and then when you're creative um, it, it'll all speak through you mm -hmm. again and that's where you get your ideas right yeah. uh, uh, be open um, search out that those meaningful works of art and uh, and be reactive and and connect with your players you want to be a good game master you got to connect with your players you got to respect them mm -hmm. you got to respect what they want from the game coming back to our safety tools respect uh what they bring the story that they bring like honor it don't just throw in like oh yeah and your uncle was there like honor what it is that they bring look at their backstories and like if if it's deep like honor that if it's shallow that's fine mm -hmm. find the back build the backstory in the game um you know uh just respect all different kinds of people right like I, I ran adventures league last night for the first time in a long time but like if it's you want kids, right? yeah uh well the one last night it was was all ages but i've okay. i've run kids adventures league if you want to be a good game master go find yourself a game shop with a youth adventures league and if they don't have one start, start one, one. <laughs> because maybe not cyberpunk maybe not cyberpunk <laughs> yeah, don't run cyberpunk. <laughs> but but the tools you will get from working uh running games for kids the pacing you want to talk about pacing like if a kid gets bored he's going to tell you immediately yeah. right he'll look at his phone he'll start throwing things um, so you'll learn like and adults will respect you enough not to not do that to do it, but, but that, they'll still be bored. the feeling is there the yeah, feeling yeah, is there yeah. so kids you, are honest the kids will be honest about it oh, and they'll no. come up with the crazy shit right they'll be like oh, i'm gonna do this and you're like and if you can yes and little kids yeah you're gonna you're gonna become so confident with just the mundane ideas that adults bring and um and uh you know you're gonna learn how to work with it within the confines of of the content and and um and just get those reps in and like it'll become intuitive right yeah. it'll all the pacing and all that stuff just becomes like second nature yeah. and also adventures league is great because you know mom and dad are going to pick them up at one whatever you have three hours to get mm -hmm. through the game you know you you can learn how to pace a game so that you respect people's time too because that's really important as adults like you can tell your your friends like we're gonna end at 10 p.m. and they're like okay cool I gotta work at 7 a.m. so like, we gotta be done at 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. and then you're like well just like we're gonna do one more thing or whatever and next thing you know it's midnight or one yeah. and like maybe your game was fun 
and maybe even the player had fun and enjoyed going all the way to 1 a.m., but the next day they're going to be at work exhausted and they're going to be resenting you and they're going to not come next time. They're rolling like, dice at work. What yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the next time you say we're done at 10, they're going to be like, yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah. Actually, I'm not available to play. Uh, and your game will disappear, right? Yeah. Because you haven't respected people's of time. Of course. And, of course. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm a talker. I, no. We're trying to wrap so, up. This there, is what podcasts are supposed to yeah. be. talking. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my one like mega piece of advice. If you can run yeah. uh, a game for strangers in a way that is tight and hits all the things that you don't know what the strangers are going to want at all, but if you can hit those role-playing and the combat and the exciting and the emotional all in a tight four-hour package, um, you're going to be real good. Yeah. You're going to get real good uh, real fast. Yeah, man. I always say, you know, the game master is not a master. Yeah, always I, I be actually, a student. I, I hate that term, honestly. Yeah, I, I get it. I wish we could sort of do away with it, but I, I haven't been able to think of, get at me in it the comments. It makes you like with lordy, like, you know, yeah. like you're the lord of the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, the, the term master period yeah. probably should be obliterated from all of what we talk about. Yeah. But if you have different terms in the comments or whatever, I mean, we just use it as a placeholder. I think referee. Referee is probably one of the best ones out there, but yeah. I don't think referee really fits either because a referee isn't supposed to, I don't know. Uh, you, can, you can't make the rules and be the referee. Yeah. Because you're or, kind of making it along the way. And, like, you don't ever, the referee never gets a hand on the ball. Yeah. There might not ever be, <laughs> and there might not ever be, like, you know, the right term. But just yeah. remember that you're to always be a student. Yes. And, and always learn and yeah. be open to learning and be humble. And you'll find that you'll grow not only as a game master, but as a person. Yeah. And um, before you know it, people, you know, love playing in your game and you're playing games for months and years with mm. all kinds of different people. Yeah, you'll you'll burn out before you run out of players. Exactly. Um, and you'll enjoy the game more. Yeah. You will. Trust me. Like, stop trying to control your game. You'll like it more if you give up when you just let go. Yeah. Um, it'll be more fun to play. You won't have to plan as much. You'll... Uh, you'll mess up and it'll be okay. Yep. You'll have to look up rules or whatever, or you'll just make whatever. You'll do things wrong. And hopefully you don't do it on the internet in front of a few thousand people. But, uh, uh, but if it's just you and your friends, like who cares? You get a rule wrong. It's exactly. Fine. Um, and, and you'll fix it next time. Anything can be fixed. Yeah. yeah as long as you try to, fixed. you come to it with a, with a spirit of fairness and, <clears throat> and, you know, find that love and, and, and yeah. Well, folks, you want to check out Infinite Sided Dice, make sure you go to Infinite Sided Dice. I will have their link in the description below. You know where to find them. And give them some support. Give them some love. Enjoy the show. If you love what Dustin's doing and if you love our podcast episode, let us know in the comments. Let him know online. Uh, anything else I'm missing at Infinite Sided Dice? Yeah, at, at Infinite, kind of everywhere at mm -hmm. Infinite Sided Dice. I think on Twitter is just uh, whatever you call it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's another. Conversation. Yeah, go find the channel. <laughs> Uh, like, smash that like and, smash and it, uh, subscribe. Psych and conscribe. Psych and subscribe. And support your local shop. Thank you to Green Tower Games yeah. for letting us record here. Yeah, we appreciate we, it very much. We love our local game stores. You can call them the FLGS or just LGS. They don't have to be friendly all yeah, the time. Yeah, they're not always friendly. They're not always friendly, <laughs> but you should still support them. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it's the place where you meet the people that will have an impact on your life yeah. just like i met john john yeah about 20 feet that way yeah yeah if it wasn't for this place mm -hmm. i wouldn't have met him yeah so yeah cool cool thank you buddy yeah. I appreciate you being on, man yeah. it was awesome it was awesome well chooms we'll see you guys on the next one thank you bye <laughs>